Whether you're celebrating the Colorado Avalanche going to the Stanley Cup Finals or you're just celebrating life, check out any of Lightshade Dispensary's 11 Denver metro area locations. They've got a premium selection of top shelf flowers, accessories, cannibal concentrates, edibles, tinctures, more. They've got even more than that. And what you're going to want to do is drop by any of those 11 locations. There's one on 6th Ave, about eight minutes from the DNVR bar. And mention us, DNVR. And they're going to give you 25% off non-sale items. You don't even have to be a member. You just have to know DNVR at any of Light Shade Dispensary's 11 Denver metro area locations. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, when you use code DNVR at sign up, your $5 bet on the NBA Finals is going to be $150 in free bets if you can pick that winner with DraftKings Sportsbook all throughout the NBA Finals when you sign up using code DNVR. Well, before we get into all the specifics of today's show, Player of the Week Award, we've got somebody back With the Rockies on the big league roster, we've got some managerial changes. What kind of implications is that going to have for Bud Black and his coaching staff? We get into all that more, and of course, we play a wonderful round of Say What. Susie is a fantastic host, and I've got to be a fantastic host as well right now to let you know and get your day started off the right way by... Saying, hey, the Rockies won a game. Yeah, they won 5-3 to three on Tuesday night against the Giants in San Francisco. Yes, they start their seven-game road trip in California, a way that I'm not sure that a ton of us were expecting because, again, it is the road, and you can't have those cores hangovers. Carlos Rodon, who hadn't been his best self over the past month, did okay. Four innings pitch, two earned runs, but yes, four innings pitch. Rockies were able to get his pitch count up. Uh, Only drew one walk, but battled, fouled off something like 30 pitches. I don't know if this is a record. I don't even know if, if, you know, Stats Inc. is keeping track of all these foul balls. But Radon done in four innings, and Rockies get to their bullpen. They end up scoring three runs on them, and they do it in a complete, Game, a quintessential complete game by all aspects of the Rockies roster. Defense played really well. Third baseman made a nice barehanded play. Got to keep listening to find out who was at third base on Tuesday night. You had two stolen bases only the second time all season that the Rockies had swiped two bags in the same game. You had a solid performance by the starting pitcher. Now, Herman Marquez did give up a home run to Wilmer Flores in the first, gave up three runs in the first inning, labored in the first, but after that, settled in in a major way. Only gave up four hits in total, scattered those with four walks, but struck out seven Giants hitters for a six-inning outing. Even retired 10 batters in a row at one point. So Marquez getting himself back on track in a way that in the past you would have seen a stat line like that and you would have thought, well, he wasn't his best. He wasn't awful, but he was just okay. Well, you know what? Right now he needs to build on okay because he hasn't been okay for some time. Once he gets done, you turn the ball over to the three guys who've gotten it done all season long. Tyler Kinley, 
Alex Colome, and Daniel Bard. Three scoreless frames. Only Kinley had a base runner there, gave up one hit. Combined four strikeouts for those guys. They all have an ERA sub three. Tyler Kinley has a 0.78 ERA. Yes, the dude is dominating right now. And the offense was there for Colorado too. As I said, it's a complete game. Everyone was able to chip in, I feel, in some capacity, uh, especially all those aspects. And the offense was on point with eight hits. They got started off in a big way by Connor Joe, who extended his consecutive on-base streak to 33 games with a leadoff home run. Yes, someone other than C.J. Crone hitting a home run on the road. He goes and does that. They had to review the play, but of course, it was a home run. And not to be outdone, Charlie Blackman gets in on the action on the 11th anniversary of his Major League debut, and it was a big spot. Bud Black goes to his bench despite the fact, hey, Garrett Hampson, only had uh, the two plate appearances, did steal a base, but saw an opportunity. And even though it was left on left, normally not great for the hitter, but we know with Chuck, that's not necessarily true. And Charlie does that unthinkable. A pinch hit, three run, home run, slash, splash hit. Yes, goes into McCovey Cove. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday's live show at 6 p.m., hoping to get a guest or two. Yes, maybe even two guests in that show, 6 p.m. live on YouTube on the DNVR Sports channel. Of course, you can watch this entire episode that you're about to hear in just a moment over on the DNVR Sports channel. But you can also listen to this just as a podcast now and on Thursday morning if you want to hear what we're talking about on Wednesday afternoon. But nevertheless, Rockies start the road trip off in the right way. They win 5-3 to three in San Francisco. Does Bud Black save his job with this win? Was it ever in jeopardy? We are going to talk about all that and more. Well, right here, right now. Here you go. I am Patrick Lyons. And I am Susie Hunter. Patrick, we've enjoyed these 48 hours away from baseball, but now we are resetting and we're getting ready for a series in San Francisco. We are. We've got someone returning to the team, someone that's Mm -hmm. probably going to get you excited. We've got an award that uh, was given to a certain Rockies player. As you said, we'll preview the series. Talk about some managerial changes. What's the impact of those changes and the as it relates to the Colorado Rockies. And of course, we're going to play some games. But yes, the day off was refreshing, especially since the Colorado Avalanche are going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So nice that we also had the time to watch it. Um, uh, I'm super stoked. Um, I'm stoked for the DNVR Avs team too, because I know we just get more from them, but this is awesome. This is freaking awesome. And I also did see uh, Kyle Freeland's wife posted a an Instagram reel, like recapping like their playoff experiences so far. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm hype right now. It was a great hype video. It would have been a bummer if the Rockies had a game on Monday night and then all of those people would have found out the next morning that the Avs had swept in game four. (laughs) So it was nice that the Rockies didn't take that attention away from the Avs, as we know would have happened had they had a game going on at the same time. But you know what? We don't have to worry about that. Thankfully, everyone 
got to watch and, and it was exciting and our and our coverage uh, on the dnvr.com was was fantastic so happy for for rudo evan aj blaze megan i mean and everyone the, that that whole abs family you know crushed it and it was fun watching the watch party in between the end of regulation and overtime so it was uh, it was fun that's what i spent some of my day doing along with making my first batch of cold brew it's cold brew season i'm calling it let's go are you do you normally make cold brew or is this like your first time i added it to the arsenal last summer and Got it, it was amazing i will be bringing some to course field incidentally so you, you, you will have an opportunity you absolutely need to. That was my next request. Um, I'm ready to get turned up with your whole room. It's fantastic. Did what? What is an off day for for Susie Hunter look like? Anything good, or is it just relaxing? Anything specific? Um, I famously love to spend all of my off hours in bed. Not this bed. This is my guest room, but my actual bed, which inclines and declines inclines and reclines and stuff like a hospital bed would it's like such an old lady bed um so i spent a lot of time in bed and it was fantastic yeah i had a little time to do some reading which was enjoyable not as much as i would have liked but it was it, it felt like a true off day did did have the podcast of course with drew goodman but other yeah. than that i definitely cleared my schedule off uh and it was nice for the first time since you know the lockout <laughs> Similar situation for you <laughs> yeah. too, right? Uh, don't don't want another lockout. Don't don't hear don't hear that uh, the wrong way. But uh, it it was a, it was a good day overall, and uh, it was a, it was also a good day too because on Monday we learned that Brendan Rogers was named the National League Player of the Week. Yes, and this is also the first time since CJ Crone was Player of the League player of the week last August. So Rocky hasn't seen it in a little bit, but he absolutely. I I mean. You know I predicted he was going to pop off, but he's been batting 345. He's been 10th for 29 with 10 runs scored, two doubles, four home runs, seven RBI, four walks, and an 828 slugging percentage across seven games. Yeah, he had he had a huge week, yeah. and uh, it was nice to see him get that nod. Uh, three home run game, obviously being that big one, uh, the third one as a walk-off home run late on the night on Wednesday, which we found out, we, we did confirm it. Susie, uh, Susie did her homework and we found out there were three major league teams in Colorado at that point. Atlanta had landed at eight o'clock and I think the game was still going on at that point. So mm -hmm. that's a fun little wrinkle. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen very frequently. I mean, think about it. It's, it's a double header on a getaway day that that can be a rare thing. And the team stays home and the team coming in is in your same time zone. So that's kind of a, a a fun little trivia question that no one will remember or care about probably in we care five minutes. We care. I care. Yes, exactly. Um, as DMVR's official aviation reporter, um, I'm happy that I could dig into this and find out for sure how many teams we had in Denver on Wednesday night. So I'm glad we I'm glad we figured it out. Put it to rest. It was important. And it, it was, was also important. important it wasn't. It was also important for Brendan Rodgers to have that twenty-game hit streak. Uh, as we know, it did snap, and then he immediately turned around, and now he's got a, a two-game hit streak going into Tuesday's night's game in San Francisco. Uh, longest streak uh, of twenty games or more since Cargo did it uh, back in uh, twenty fifteen. At the end of twenty fifteen into twenty sixteen. So really, when you look at it, if you want to recalibrate 
for those uh, hitting streaks that go from the end of one season to the next and say, Hey, it has to be in one season. You know, Rogers probably moves up that, that list a little bit. That happened to Jimmy Rollins. I don't know if you remember that from the early 2010s mm-hmm. where he ended a season oh, yeah. and then he began with like maybe six games or, or, or something like that. It's still a hitting streak statistically speaking, but we think of it being over the course of, of, of one year. So, um, B-Rod, that was, that was really fantastic. And it made me kind of want to dig in to a little bit of history. We, I like doing that more so in the off season, but I thought, well, you know what? Do you? Player, Do you no one cares about player of the history? week. No, no one cares about player of the week in like December and January. So it's like, Hey, let's capitalize on it. And you, you pointed out, you beat me to something about Crone being the last player of the week. Josh Fuentes was the one previous to that. He's definitely the outlier. When you look at the list of, players who were the player of the week for the Rockies and you, I mean, almost all of them are, were all-stars or almost an all-star or were, was an all-star for another team. Uh, Daniel Murphy was, was the previous one, but then Josh Fuentes, he just had this huge year in May. And then we didn't actually end up seeing him much after that. So uh, not sure how many player of the weeks ended up spending a majority of their career in the minor leagues in that season, just kind of uh, an interesting anomaly. That is an anomaly, yeah. And of course, now we don't we don't see him at all anymore. Nope he's uh, he shuffled off to Buffalo. He's uh, he's withdrawn. I haven't checked in on him in a couple weeks. Actually, probably should do that. But uh, all time six Player of the Week awards for Charlie Blackman, Dante Bichette, Nolan Arenado. It's still early in his career. <sighs> What's the uh, over under you're going to set for Player of the Week awards for Brendan Rodgers? Because he's streaky. And like, that's a good thing. That's beneficial. MVP is different than player of the week or player of the month. So because he's streaky and again, six, seven games at home at Coors Field, dunk a couple extra baseballs in. You need like, you know, two home runs to make a little bit of noise. There's some runners on base. He's been hitting cleanup as of late. He's going to have, you know, maybe a little bit more opportunities to do that. I would sit the over under at a two and a half. What are you going to take on that one? Uh, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. I've got, I've got the number four in my head for some reason. So I'm taking the over. Okay. I had yeah. three. And so that's why I kind of put it at, at, at two and a half. So I think I would, I would take the over okay. on that. Uh, last player to win back to back player of the week awards, which doesn't, I, I don't know that that means much. It's just, Hey, nobody else on your team did it. Uh, was Nolan Arenado uh, in June of 2017 and June of 2018. Charlie actually did that uh, twice. He's the only one that won back to back. Uh, awards uh, like that, much like Arenado did. Found out that in 2020, no Rockies had won a, a player of the week award. That was a tough season. Also shortened. Uh, 2001 and 1998 yeah. Yeah. were the only other years uh, where they, they hadn't mm-hmm. won. And in 1996, big year for Sluggers, six player of the week awards that year. No postseason, though. Big year. I was going to say, whenever anyone mentions anything that happened or didn't happen in 2020 i'm like there were like nothing happened 2020 barely counts to me um as a year in my life as a year in baseball um like there weren't enough weeks to give everyone player of the week who probably maybe might have deserved it oh for sure and it's just one of those weird strange things i mean you can as i said six player of the week awards in 96 uh in 2007 there were five but then in 2017 you had only two so it, it doesn't, it's not any kind of indicator of, uh, of team success yeah. or, or postseason success. Uh, it's just one of those fun things, you know, I, I, I think to look back on. So 
uh, that's 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 pretty neat. We uh, did learn that on Tuesday. Uh, actually, we learned on on Sunday's post game show, which you may have listened to as a podcast on Monday morning. Remember, head on over to uh, our YouTube channel, DNVR Sports, where uh, you can see all the wonderful graphics. We're going to be playing a game today, so we're going to have some great graphics that are going to really amplify the, your enjoyment of the game. Uh, so make sure you check out that channel. But we talked about it live on Sunday. And it lived, again, still on YouTube all throughout Sunday until Monday morning when the pod came up. But we mentioned Ryan Feltner had gotten sent down, probably would stay with the team in San Francisco, partially because uh, he would more than likely be needed over the weekend. There is a split doubleheader on Saturday against San Diego. It's already been scheduled. Uh, that has to do with the the original schedule being uh, canceled. So Feltner making the trip, but option to AAA, who's getting called up? Is it going to be Chris Bryant coming off the IL or ends up being El Harris Montero, a guy who can provide some serious pop for Colorado right now when they're in need of some serious pop? Definitely in need of serious pop. And yeah, Montero's been doing really well down at AAA ever since his last brief trip to Colorado. So I'm excited to see how this changes the dynamic as we're heading to San Francisco. Yeah, on Tuesday night, he batted seventh, started at third base. Hey, does that mean, you know, this is a message to Ryan McMahon about his defense? Not necessarily. There is a left-hander on the hill, Carlos Radon. You know, that that might be a good reason why uh, to bring him up. You're also going to have a left-hander on mm-hmm. Wednesday night in Alex Wood. So you may see Montero there in consecutive games. And if, if he can continue to play really well, I mean, is is he going to get a bulk of starts? Uh, over a Ryan McMahon, maybe you have him at at DH when there's a you know a right hander uh, on the hill and, and McMahon's out there at at third base. You don't know. We'll we'll wait and see what happens. But if you're going to call up a player of his caliber uh, who needs reps, you are going to play him. And so it will be exciting to see what he's able to do mm-hmm. out on the road in uh, Southern and Northern Colorado, California. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, last time we saw El Harris Montero, um, he was, you know, at the DH spot. So we'll actually get to see him and what he can do in the world of defense. So great point. Yeah. His, his first start in the yeah. field. Uh, that will be a big one. That That's exciting. It's always a big one. It's always exciting down on the corner of Colfax, New York at the DNVR bar for all of our watch parties. Now, we don't have the schedule yet for the Stanley Cup finals, but you know you could come down, do some scouting, hang out. We know Rudo, AJ, Megan, Evan. Uh, forgot our, our guy, Jesse Montano. Uh, he, of course, is a part of that that Avs crew. They're going to be scouting. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna be doing some scouting uh, on the Eastern Conference Finals. So got to know who the Avs are playing. So get down there. If you're a member, of course, you get that member-sized beer, uh, extra raffle tickets at any of our watch parties. Price breaks on, on any of the tailgates, party buses, and stuff that we have going on, of course. Access to our members-only Discord where we talk about some things that we might not feel as comfortable going public with. But we'll talk to you about it directly. And again, only 50 cents for your first month on the DNVR.com. And one of the coolest things going on right now, because you want to go to the finals, you know tickets are going to be very expensive. But Breckenridge Brewery is actually trying to help you out. They're the hometown craft beer of the Avs, and right now they're celebrating this historic season with you, the community. Those of you who have gone through such a challenging year, and they're giving you Avs tickets 
to a pair of community stars each home game. Now, when we say you, we don't mean you. Don't nominate yourself. You're nominating someone in the community that is a you know hardcore Avs fan that deserves to get a chance to celebrate at the finals. This year, you're going to get tickets. You're going to get gears to match. And of course, the drink of the season, Avalanche Ale. Do that at breckbrew.com to nominate a community star and send them to an Avs playoff game and hold that over their head for the rest of their life. Now, NBA Finals are going on as well. And of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, has that deal we mentioned earlier. $5 bet becomes $150 in free bets when you nail the winner of any game. That's it. Even if it's a favorite, a heavy favorite, you turn five into 150. You can also do something similar with these same game parlays. You combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. And if you've got three or more legs and you miss by one, DraftKings Sportsbook is helping you out because they're still going to give you $25 back if one of those legs doesn't hit. Hedge those bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR where you bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DNBR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Well, in this giant series, uh, as I mentioned, Carlos Rodon and Alex Wood, two lefties, going to the first two games for the Rockies. That'll be Herman Marquez, then followed by Antonio Senzatella, Austin Gomber, and we'll find out who the Giants are throwing on Thursday. But we'll, of course, have a nice little post-game show when that goes down. That might be right after you get out of work because it's a 145 start time. So you figure a four-hour game, about maybe three and a half. Uh, that's going to take you right in there, 5, 5.30, whatever it may be. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for this series to see if, if the Rockies you know, can kind of change their fate because – we knew they weren't safe on the road before. They seemed like they were safe at home. Now that's not safe. And I think, you know, they might be pressing, which isn't good. And we'll get to some of those implications of what happens if you press too much. But I think things can't get any worse. They've got to come away with at least two wins in these seven games. If they don't get it, it won't be totally shocking. But I think they really need to get at least two here in California. Yeah, unfortunately, I really wouldn't be surprised if that were the case, but you really need to hope that because ever since the hot start ended, things have been really rough, really downhill, and especially losing a series at home to the Braves. Not even getting one of those is so disappointing. So you really got to hope that something changes on the road, even just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. They were held to three hits on back-to-back nights, which, of course, is... Uh, quite a rarity, you know, at Coors Field in particular. So <laughs> Giants are throwing, you know, two of their better pitchers. Radon is is kind of a Cy Young kind of candidate. Uh, so, you know, he's going to be dealing. He has in the past against them. It's in San Francisco. You know, that's uh, it's not a very hitter-friendly type of ballpark. A lot of different uh, textures, as they would call it, in the outfield, right? You've got fencing. You've got hard surfaces. You've got padding. You've got the brick wall out there. So we'll kind of wait and see what happens with those splash hits, haven't gotten too many home runs on the road. Could be, uh, could be hard for it to happen, but uh, maybe Ella Harris Montero can get it going. Maybe again, you need something to jump start, and they're not rolling out the exact same lineup. You even saw uh, Jose Iglesias batting fifth in the lineup 
there on 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 Tuesday night. So Bud Black saying, look, you're hitting on the road. You feel a little bit more comfortable on the road. Uh, caught up with Jose Iglesias, something coming out this week here on some interesting comments he made about you know maybe moving around uh, the lineup because uh, we know he's been a little more successful on the road than at home and uh, had two four-hit games batting eighth and ninth this season. So does he deserve a spot maybe hitting leadoff or, or batting second, something like that? Talks about that briefly as well as why is there a reverse road split? So uh, very, very enlightening conversation uh, with, with, with that guy. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that translates a little bit here uh, on Tuesday night and in this series. Um, also, like, just I love that he's so hard to get a hold of, Iglesias. And I love that I went to go say something to you in the clubhouse. And you were like, nope. You like pushed him aside. And you like ran over. You're like, I finally got him. I did the big eyes because I noticed, I was like, wait a minute, his usual uh, comrades, his, you know, his, his group of, of players wasn't around him and he was, it was in there. So we won't get too deep into the weeds, but you know, some guys are busier. Like again, it, it's yeah, well yeah. known. Charlie Blackman after a game is working out for like an hour, even if we're talking a double header, even if it's a long week. So, you know, you, you've got to wait for that. So sometimes that kind of stuff happens and uh, it just doesn't line up. And so when, when it doesn't line up, Got to seize those opportunities, to say the least. It was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> well, uh, what's not hilarious is uh, a couple moves. <laughs> a couple, a couple teams in red deciding ultimately they needed to part way, part ways with their manager first. We saw it at the end of last week. The Phillies letting Joe Girardi go, and Rob Thompson was named the manager, straight up manager of the Phillies for the rest of the season. Now they've reeled off three wins in a row. So uh, their problem was fixed magically like that. We'll get into that in a moment. And then we found out on Tuesday afternoon that Joe Madden was let go as the skipper of the Los Angeles Angels with uh, Tyler, not Tyler Nevin, his dad, uh, Phil Nevin, named interim manager. So he's not the full-time manager just yet, but uh, he does have that interim tag so far. Uh, And... You know, not surprising for either one of these guys. Maybe the timing, maybe not. But I think going into the year, there are a couple guys with heavy expectations on their team. And if they weren't going to get the job done early on, or rather if their team didn't get the job done, then sometimes you just have to to change things up a little bit. And that's what the Phillies and Angels did here uh, in the last week. Yeah, I do also think it's funny um, because, you know, at the beginning of the season, before everything starts up, we make our predictions on what we think is going to happen. And for my NL and AL managers of the year, I predicted Joe Girardi and (laughs) Joe Madden. So I'm already I'm already out of that one. But I will I'm going to defend myself here. Those predictions were contingent on those teams doing well and making the postseason. So, yeah, like if they made the postseason and those managers were with those teams, then, yeah, absolutely. They would be great contenders for manager of the year. I had high expectations. Clearly their teams also, or their organizations rather had high expectations too. So I'm not going to take it too much to heart. I'm not going to let it, you know, um, diminish my confidence, but I just think it's hilarious. That is hilarious. That is a funny aspect to me. Very very big of you for you to point that out. I certainly would (laughs) not have done that, Uh, but very, very good insight too. Uh, if you want to, if you want to, you know, go on DraftKings Sportsbook and, and nail the manager of the year award to win some money, pick a team that is good and going to the playoffs. 
You heard it here first. Susie Hunter. Good tips. That's a good tip. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, Although, I know. Very big of me to point out my my failures and mistakes. Although Joe Girardi did win a manager of the year award with Florida with a losing record, if you recall. And again, it goes back to expectations because that's what that's what you said. That's the word that sticks out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people reaching out in the DMs uh, and, and emailing me, Patrick at the DNVR.com. Again, if you're a member on Discord, uh, have had some of you reach out to me directly. And so to answer that question, well, if, if that's what the Phillies and the Angels are doing, uh, now when Joe Girardi was let go, they were 22 and 29, seven games under 500, similar uh, under 500 record to the Rockies. Joe Madden only two games under 500 uh, on Tuesday afternoon. And so the question goes, well, why not Bud Black? Why wouldn't Bud Black be let go if he's in a similar situation or worse? And a lot of that just comes down to expectations. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I know, um, you know, we got to hear from him on his takes on him and his staff just a little bit before a game during this uh, homestand. But yeah, expectations, that's the big, it's the big word here. And I think, of course, you know, the Rockies are always... Uh, you know, enjoy praising their players and, and thinking that, hey, if all goes well, they can make the postseason. And I think that's all, virtually always true. You know, Fangraphs does a really good job of uh, breaking things down, looking at players like their 99th percentile, like if everything were to go perfect, here's their numbers. And hey, if, if they are uh, only half the player we expect them to be, here's how good they are. Here's, you know, what kind of output they would have. And so if you looked at the 50th percentile, you know, I, you wouldn't have thought that this was a, a playoff team. And uh, I don't think either you or I necessarily thought that if things went the right way and, and things went well, maybe through June, maybe through July. And, and again, we still have some time. Uh, then Bill Schmidt could go out and, and add some players to, to make a, that postseason run. But, you know, that being said, I, I think, you know, the Rockies are probably hitting the expectations uh, in the general scheme of things of, of what we kind of thought they uh, would have done now their their play as of recent has been really bad again seven in 20 in their last 27 games since may 8th so that's definitely far below what we thought they would be like but granted that is a 27 game stretch let's look at the 25 or so games before that where they were really good right 16 and 11 so again i think in the grand scheme of things, they might be just a little bit below where you expected. It's just how, right? If they run, if they reel off nine straight wins and then they have a nine game losing streak, are they that awesome team that, you know, can win almost every game or are they that awful team that nearly lost every game? Are they actually just somewhere in the middle? And I think that's where the Rockies are. They're, they're really just somewhere in the middle. And so the expectations for the Rockies, you know, while they were, were hoping would, would be really good and, and maybe would lead to that third wild card. I think in the grand scheme of things for, for our predictions, uh, I think I might've had 77, 78 wins for this team going into the year. I still think they're kind of on that pace. Um, you also on the flip, you flip the switch and, and Susie, I mean, again, you're, you're there every day. So you see it too. Mm-hmm. What manager are you bringing in? That's going to make this team that much better. Is yeah. there one out there? Well, a couple guys have some <laughs> have some time, but yeah, no, exactly. Who are you bringing in? Who is, uh, you know, what what will turn this around? I don't know. For sure, and and as you said, with 
uh, Buddy addressing, you know, Daryl Scott, you know, has been under fire a little bit with the pitching staff. And so, uh, you know, you, you think about maybe sending a message, like sometimes that happens. I think that's partially what, you know, Philly and, uh, and LA did LA, you know, the angel situation might be a little bit different. We're still kind of learning a lot of information about that, but in, in Philadelphia, you have all of those stars, all of those expectations, they just weren't getting it done. And so you say, all right, someone's got to be on the chopping block. And I think that's Joe Girardi, the Joe Madden situation. Again, we'll find out, uh, if, if it's something, you know, different than that, if he lost the clubhouse, but he hasn't lost the clubhouse. Um, so that's not the case, uh, but pitching coach Daryl Scott. So one of the things that, that buddy said, as you pointed out there, Susie is, you know, should he be worried about his job or anything like that? And, you know, the bottom line is Daryl Scott was the bullpen coach last year. And if you remember the second half of the season, you know, after the all-star break, a staff that had a lot of young pitchers, a lot of rookies, a lot of young guys that are still on the staff now, but a lot of rookies, they had the fourth best bullpen in all of the national league. Now, yeah, I'm not saying that makes Daryl Scott, right, the best pitching coach in the world, the best bullpen coach, but you're saying, hey, this guy obviously is, had, has done something right in the recent memory. And so do you let somebody go if, you know, after, after two months? Maybe if they're not, you know, if they're not getting out of those players what you expect, but if it's, if the players are kind of playing how, you know, to their talent level, then the pitching coach and, and the hitting coach are, are meeting those expectations. So that can be hard. It, it, it's worth a conversation. So yeah, you know, buddy, buddy did address that to a lesser extent. You can look at new bullpen coach, Reed Cornelius. Um, but he said, you know, he's still getting to know him, but quality coach, nothing but good things in his last gig, uh, I believe with Miami. So a lot of connections there and, and yeah, it, it's, it's less than what you would have liked, but to bring in somebody off the street, I don't know that you're getting more. And if that's a problem, Right, because there's going to be other teams who've done that. Again, we're going to see what the Phillies do. We're going to see what the Angels do, and maybe that does something because of the candidates that they bring in. Well, maybe they were in a position to do that more so than the Rockies, and maybe that's a problem for the Rockies is that they're maybe too entrenched with with their coaching staff, and it's hard to bring somebody from the outside in. You know, these are all definitely fair questions, but uh, for anyone you know wanting uh, Bud Black's job. You're not going to bring anybody else in to do a, to do a better job based on what you've gotten. And again, what you haven't gotten, <laughs> that, that's good English. What you haven't gotten, I'm doubling down on that. What you haven't gotten uh, is a lot of Chris Bryant, 17 games out of KB23. So that's kind of a big one, right? Other little things that I don't need to really a, a address with, you know, the guys going on the COVID IL, those things happen. Like it, it mm-hmm. is what it is, um, but you're not bringing anybody better. Buddy hasn't lost his clubhouse. Uh, he's doing a great job with, um, with, with the talent that he has. Is it a perfect job? Of course not. I'm sure he would say the exact same thing. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, you look at what the Angels and Phillies did and think, do the Rockies, you know, do the same thing? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it's also hard to tell how things are really going for Philly because, I mean, yes, they've been winning since letting go of Joe Girardi, but that was also against the Angels, who obviously were going through struggles of their own. So it's kind of hard to gauge right now even how these are all panning out so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bottom line, Buddy has said it many times that they are not pitching how they expected the team to pitch. So they're, they aren't getting the job done again. Is that the players? Is that the coaching is no one's, no one's tinkering with Herman Marquez and has suddenly made him, you know, a six ERA pitcher, 
right? There's there's something going on there. We we still don't exactly know mm-hmm. the details uh, or whatever, but uh, it's 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 a difficult situation, obviously. And so, hey, this road trip not coming at a great time. Um, they never are. They never <laughs> are. Uh, they it's always it's always tough out there in California on those those West Coast trips. And it doesn't help that the Giants and Padres are are just you know playing so well right now. And the Padres are doing it without Fernando Tatis Jr. That's what's wild. Yep, yep. We um, unfortunately the Rockies have found themselves in a really good division, so uh, none of these trips to the West Coast are really going to be, you know, they are always going to make me a little anxious for sure. Yeah, well, you don't have to be anxious when it comes to having a nice meal because you can just go down to Sexy Pizza. That's it. They're, they've been in the community in Denver uh, for 13 plus years. They've got a location in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park and Park Hill, and Sexy Pizza, bottom line, is as local as it gets. We're talking hand-tossed, deck oven pizza, made-from-scratch dough each morning. That's what I love most about Sexy Pizza is how fresh the ingredients are and the fact that they donate to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. You can actually learn more when you go to www.sexy.pizza. Check out their About page for the donations link. And find out how if Sexy Pizza can support your cause or cater an event, and they can kick back a little bit of money uh, to your 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 charity uh, or whatever it is that that you've got going on because they are here for us they've been at all the tailgates that we've had going on and so we love sexy pizza uh, also dnvr abs use that code forgot to mention that dnvr abs in your order you're gonna get 15 percent off now through june 12th so gotta thank the abs for going deep here in this st- you wouldn't think a, a team going deep into the postseason is gonna save you money but it makes people do crazy things when your team is doing historical things. So uh, check out www.sexy.pizza. And if you're in the southern part of our state, go down and check out Trinidad. And then after that, you might want to get your teeth freshened up a little bit. You can do that at Green Mountain Dental Group. They'll go ahead and, and, and pop out any of the, the sausage, pepperoni, meatball. Do you have a favorite topping, Susie, on your, your pizza? Either that gets caught in your teeth or that doesn't get caught in your teeth. You know what? I love a veggie pizza. So, of course, veggies are just famous for being the things that get stuck right in the front teeth where everyone sees them. So that's my problem. Onions? You go onions? I love onions, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you put any veggie on a pizza and I will love it. That's good. That's fantastic. Well, they've got that there. And and as I said, (laughs) Green Mountain Dental Group is going to go ahead and, and pop out all those veggies that you got. Uh, in the front of your grill there, uh, the, so many of our members have already switched over to them, uh, and they're incredibly glad that they did so. You're you're smiling already because of the abs, but now you've got an even brighter smile than before. Best part is when you schedule clean, cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. I need uh, sausage and pepperoni is, is, my, is my favorite, but actually... I like olives. Is that weird? No, I, I, I love olives. People are so divisive over olives. I love olives. I'm good with them on nachos. I'm good with them on pizza. But I'm also very Mediterranean. So, you know, it's the food of my people. There we go. Kalamata? Are we going Kalamata or what, what are we talking here? What kind of olives? I mean, I personally, I love black olives, but I also like Kalamata olives. Same. But I'm, black I'm olives black are olive really the, they're the more mild ones. Those are better for toppings on things like pizza or nachos. So that's my take on that. Yep. Got to slice them thin. Like that's, that's the way to go on that. 
I think that's the way to go. Susie, okay. go ahead. Take it away because we need to have a little bit more fun. We talked about the difficult stuff, firings, people needing to get a, a new job. The road trip, the Rockies in general sometimes can be a little stressful, a little bit challenging. So I think we need to lighten the mood here a little bit, don't you? Are we playing the game? Are we going to play some set? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> we're going to try to. Yeah, we are. We're going to have some fun. <laughs> So say what is the game where I take quotes out of context and I see if Patrick knows who said them. Um, sometimes it's harder than it sounds, but we are going to have some fun today. I picked out some great, great quotes for us. Um, uh, let's start. All I'm right. going to get them so all, by the way. I'm going to run. I'm going to run it. I'm going to run the gamut. I think I'm going to get every single one. I'm calling my shot right now. Drew Goodman. I don't know if you listened to Tuesday's episode, but. I asked him three trivia questions. He got all three. No joke. I was impressed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, it was at the end of the episode. They were all Rockies related. B-Rod was the inspiration. We talked homers and whatnot. He nailed it. So I, I'm, I'm going to try to do the same thing. Um, I have so much faith in you. Let's, let's go. go. All right, let's start it off. Let me pull up my quotes. Am I going to? No, we don't use... We don't use the same uh, we don't use the same spreadsheet or Google document. Susie keeps this separate from me, mm -hmm. so I, I don't know. You want to make me feel bad? I'm I'm glad you do. I'm glad. I don't I don't want to know. I want this to be legit, but people should know. Like, you know, we're not. Yes, I actually. This is I like to keep things from Patrick. I'm a very secretive person, so this is this is where we're at. Okay, here we go. Quote: Am I going to resign? I haven't made a decision. Every commissioner I know always gets booed. All right. I, I know this one, but you can you can put the image up on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can, because I know the answer, the silhouette, I can yeah. definitely make out. Oh, I guess he's got glasses on top of his head. That's a strange one. Um, again, go over to the YouTube channel, DNVR Sports. See if you can just tell by the silhouette. Producer you hear does an amazing job with these. So you're talking about commissioner, every commissioner gets booed. This was a big story. Look, we, we did like two hours. I feel on the city connect and we did not <laughs> do two hours on Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson. So maybe we're making up for it. That would be a fantasy football commissioner. And that's what it should say on his plaque, not Los Angeles angels outfielder. It should say fantasy football commissioner, Mike Trout. You are correct, Patrick. I wanted to start you off on an easy one, of course. But yeah, this was the slap heard around the world, or at least the loudest one since Will Smith at the Oscars, Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson. We still have not stopped talking about their dispute over the fantasy football league they're in. And it's now dragged other big leaguers into the spotlight like Mike Trout. So eventually when he is in the Hall of Fame, his plaque will say... He was an Angels outfielder and a terrible fantasy football commissioner. That's it. It it needs to be it needs to be on there, especially for generations later. Like you know, Susie, if it, when you bring your you know grandkids or something like that, they'll they'll say you know you know gammy. I don't know. You, you strike me as someone who'd be a gammy in uh, in sixty years. Oh my years. god. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> gammy. What's fantasy football? And you're like, oh, you know, remember before we started living in holograms and virtual reality, there was this thing, you know, and you're like, no one will know what that is in, in the future. So, 
No, All I right, feel like again. fantasy football is one thing that will survive the apocalypse. But is, is that like Madden reality? And like, yep, you know that Madden uh, NFL virtual reality that you live in, you know, most of the time? Uh, it's kind of like that. It's like, kind thanks, of Gammy. like that. Thanks, Gammy. I can't believe I'm a Gammy. This is a shock to me. I don't, um, I've never known a Gammy. I just, that, is that a phrase? I don't know. I wanted to go with something super obscure. Have you ever heard that? I think that's a thing, right? I think it is. I think it is. Uh, no one in my yeah, family is a gammy, so I guess it's up for grabs. What were your grandparents? Uh, but we, what... will, we will talk offline about this. I mean, do I feel like a gammy when I spend entire off days in bed like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory grandparents? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not currently uh, a gammy. You're, you are in pre-gammy phase. I'm saying in the future, you will be, that will be yeah. your name of choice. The future is now. I am, I am that gammy. Uh, I, I had, I had, next... I had a grandma and a nana. That's those were my two. Mm, see, I had a mama, I have a nana, and then I have a bopsha. So okay, well, you win three to two. Great. All right, but I'm one for one so far today. Let's keep this running, baby. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Here we go. Quote: I looked up at the scoreboard and thought I had something wrong. Nine minus four. What's more than that? Patrick, who said that? Oh, really? Second question. I'm going to miss on that. I looked up at the scoreboard and thought I I had something wrong. Nine minus four. What's more than that? Okay. Okay. All right. Nine minus four is five. Yes. Okay. I got it. I reeled it no. in. I reeled it in. Yes. Okay. So uh, this is a Sunday night baseball game, actually. And uh, it was Dave Roberts. Oh no, do I got the wrong manager? Yeah, uh Dodgers were down 9-4 and they're like, well, all right, the Mets have won this. We we were going to concede cuz we got bigger fish to fry coming up. Oh, was it the Dodgers? It was. I'm going to go Dave Roberts cuz I don't want to drag this out. Is it Dave Roberts? Oh, you're so close. It was the what? other manager in that Buck matchup, Buck Showalter. Oh, yeah. yes. So the Mets manager was confused when Dodgers manager Dave Roberts had a position player coming in to pitch when the Dodgers were only down by five. So apparently the skipper didn't know this rule. You have to be down by six or more to bring in a position player to pitch. And this rule dates back to before the 2022 season, but we haven't really seen it enforced because, you know, we've been going through these pandemic seasons with different rules. You can only do so many new rules at once. Um, but back in August, I thought this was funny. Back in August of 2021, Roberts brought in a position player to pitch while facing the Rockies. He brought in Justin Turner when the Rockies were up 5 nothing at Dodger Stadium. So... I thought that was that was pretty interesting that he um, is probably not a fan of this rule because he's been he's been pushing it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Buck does not uh, want to let anyone get away with anything. So, yeah, mm -hmm. he called it. it it's uh, haven't heard too much conversation about that after, but I'm sure Dave Roberts will remember that. Say, all right, if you want to play by the book like that, then we will play by the book like that. Yeah, that at least 10 minutes but even the umpires seemed confused but Buck Showalter was like no this is a rule <laughs> we're following it so they had to give uh, an actual pitcher some time to warm up and the Mets broadcasters the SNY broadcasters the audio I heard they were just like outraged by this um but it all that's how it went down pretty chaotic that Mets story. broadcast boost can do some uh some interesting things there was a recent viral tweet about stroking and i'll just 
I'll leave it at that. Anyway. I missed that one and I'm glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shell, are you ready for another one? Let's go. Here we go. All right. Quote, it's definitely a once in a lifetime type of thing. Not a lot of position players get a chance to pitch, and it's one of those kind of special moments that you'll look back on. Patrick, who said that? The quote does not jump out to me exactly, possibly because I didn't see it in print and because I also wasn't standing next to him, but the silhouette, all right? How many times has the silhouette saved my butt? That would be Rocky's outfielder slash Best pitcher in the Rockies bullpen, Randall Grichik. That is yes. correct. Randall Grichik said it. I know you weren't there for him saying that. You weren't there for our conversation, but I figured you could get this one. But yeah, Randall Grichik got to check an item off his baseball bucket list when manager Bud Black let him come in to pitch. He's been asking since his Toronto days. He's never gotten the chance to until very recently. And it very, very well might be once in a lifetime. Um, because we know that Bud Black hates when position players have to come in and pitch. Detests. He detests it. it. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would like to see his good buddy Dave Roberts and him have a conversation about that because they would be polar opposite, and they could just do it on on you know with a fence in between them because I think they I think they are next door neighbors. They're neighbors, yeah, they're but that's a vague thing. You know what I mean? Like. You know, you and Sierra are neighbors, but that's actually literal. So, <laughs> yes, of course, everyone knows that me and the whole Wilson family were neighbors. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear a conversation between the two of them. We got to get them all in the same room when the Dodgers and the Rockies are playing each other next. Mm -hmm. I'm down for that. All right, number four. All right. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You're doing a good job, Patrick. All right. Quote. This will have no effect on my rehab and is literally a non-story. Literally Whoa. a non-story. Patrick, what's a non-story and who said this? I felt good today and I'm still feeling good today. Okay. Uh, somebody has to be already injured and be rehabbing and there's something, it's a non-story. So who's on the IL and had something happen to them? Would it be Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman, Scherzer? That's not his middle name, but I had to throw a wrestling reference in there. You didn't even know it was there, but you still laughed at it. Uh, that I would be Max Scherzer. I just thought you were making up names. No, it would not be MJF. It would be MS, Mr. Max Scherzer. You are, right? you are correct, Patrick. Oh, yes. The Mets so starter. So weird seeing him in a Mets shirt. Look at that. I, I'm, not, I'm not used to that. I know. Does that look so weird to you? Weird. It's it so weird. weird. It looks weird to me. But it's yeah, the Mets starter has already been absent from the rotation. And now fans and the New York media like have a new concern about his pitching hand because his dog bit his pitching hand. So we had to do the classic notepad screenshot statement tweet to clear it all up. He said that his dog was upset. The dog was hurt, kind of freaked out, bit his hand. It's a non-story but the Mets starter is recovering from an oblique, but a strained oblique, but this apparently will not derail him. It was not that bad and a literal non-story, according to Max Scherzer. I heard a little bit more about this this morning, but it wasn't until 
what you just put up, what you hear put up on the screen, super producer you hear, again, on the YouTube channel, on DNVR Sports, that I saw in writing that I, that I remembered and recalled, the exact same thing happened to me this week. I actually had to do a little, a little pet sitting and was looking after a friend's dog with a hurt paw and tried to wrap it up, and that MF <laughs> bit me. But it, it was more like a scratch, like there n- nothing opened up or anything. And I was like, hey, mm-hmm. well, we just lost all that trust that we had, we had been building up over the last several weeks. Alas, uh, I'm okay. So this, this is also a non-story. Was it on your pitching hand? It was. It was on my right hand. I was okay. It was on my typing, one of my typing hands. I still went to the ballpark that day. Uh, had a good day. I published three so, articles. Yep. At 25 tweets. <laughs> it was a good day. I still had a good day. You know, it didn't, it didn't so resilient. Me. So brave. <laughs> Love that you're still putting up the numbers despite your injury. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. We got one more for you, Patrick. Let's see what you got here. Quote. I ran around the room for like three minutes. I didn't want to look at it. I felt like I had hurt. I felt like I had my heart in that finger, rather. I got it. All right. You do? The silhouette silhouette kind of gives it away here. Well, it may, yeah. Well, after I figured out who it was, I go, okay, yeah, the silhouette. But also, it looks, it's a weird angle. I think it's a weird angle. It makes the guy's head look like a a boulder or something. It's just, it's a weird angle. Again, that's why I got to go for YouTube team, your sports channel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said finger. So that's the tip right there. Uh, no pun intended. That would be Frankie, Mr. Smile, Lindor, AKA Lynn door. Yes. Finger in that door, Francisco Lindor. Patrick, I'm very impressed with you this week, but yeah, it's been a week for weird Mets injuries. Francisco Lindor was out of the lineup. <laughs> For just a day after slamming his head inside of a sliding double door in his hotel room. But he's doing just fine. He hit a home run the other day. Wasn't trying to make this a Mets show. But weird things happen to the Mets. And they just are great material for all of this. And are we sure that that Scherzer and Lindor wasn't nipped by a raccoon? Are we sure that that wasn't the case? It wasn't a raccoon? That, that was a uh, story last year. The Mets are just really good at having weird things happen to them, around them, at the field. It's just they are. I I I don't know what it is. I don't know who put a curse on them when they were born, but that is just the way it happens. Are they like pound for pound? It w- I would be curious to like ask people like pound for pound. What team? has like the wildest stories like who, who always like did you hear what so and so you don't do that oh did you hear what about the blue jays today no that's not a statement anyone really makes oh my god did you hear what went down in milwaukee today nope never been said no it's but, always the mets right i mean they, they're they're i mean is there anybody else up there i mean yankees i mean yankees are obviously always they've got some wacky things i think and maybe it just has to do with the microscope ah, but it's just the mets do just have some weird ass stuff happen to them they All the do, time. they do. The Mets lead the league in weird stuff, and we know the Cincinnati Reds lead the league in fans making weird foul ball catches. This is just how it is. What do the Rockies lead baseball in? Uh, purple? I mean, that, that might be it. Oakland's up there, though. Oakland's up there a little bit, you know, obviously, because the, the stadium's doing most of the heavy lifting versus the team. But mm-hmm. Oakland's, Oakland's kind of 
there a little bit. Just you know, hear what happened at the the Oco. Although it has a has a naming sponsor now too. I don't know what it oh, is. Oh, I, I thought, thought you somewhere. Were gonna, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that a woman performed the national anthem on a saw. Over the did weekend. you hear what happened in Oakland the other day? So there, we, uh, <laughs> that, that that might be so, the new bit. Did you hear what happened in Oakland? If we were to rank teams that have weird things happen, I guess Mets number one, then Oakland. And, you know, we're going to work on putting this list together as the season goes on because this is my priority now. I love weird things. Love weird stuff. Let's go. Is, is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, is this a weird-ass thing in Oakland or a weird-ass thing for the Mets? That's that's like the game. You're like, ooh, okay, that sounds a little Metsy. Like, would the Mets have a person with a saw? No, there's no way they wouldn't do that. They have an opera singer or something from Broadway. So I'm going Oakland. You know what I mean? Like, you you could probably figure that out. I think there's that might be a plausible. good. I might do that. This might be a good end of the season wrap kind of game that we play, where I pick out some things that happened over the season, and I'm going to ask if it was the A's or if it was the Mets. I'm going to do that. I'm going to put that together for the end of the year. So uh, we'll talk in a few months. And we'll do that with the Rockies too, because (laughs) as we've learned uh, at the end of April and at the end of May, we talk about the previous month and you and I are both. And look, I'm making the notes up and I'm still like, that was this month. And I'm like, I mean, I I saw there were dates, there were timestamps. It happened. And you go, that felt like a lifetime ago. And so we'll we'll do that again. Whenever we do our review shows, I'm like, no, really? What? <laughs> yeah, there will be at least three things in our end of year wrap up that you're going to be like, I'm pretty sure I remember being at Kauffman Stadium when that happened last year. And I'm like, Susie, it was July 9th. I, I it's a fact. No, I was in Kauffman last year. and that happened. I'm like, no, just. Yeah, that's that's just kind of how the baseball season is. It, it's long. But we love it that way, I think, you know? I like the we ma- do. I like marathons. You know, I like marathons. I love marathons. I love, you know, we got so many extra innings in the past week. I love extra innings. Love bonus baseball. Love how weird baseball is in general. So, you know, I'm, I'm settled in for a long season. Yeah, I, I hope everyone gets their rest this week because it's it's going to be challenging because, I mean, even just think about Saturday. I think 2.10, Mountain uh, Daylight Time. Mm-hmm. And then... There's another game at eight ten, so like that could be a really long day if you're, you know, definitely someone who keeps track of everything. Um, watching the games on AT and T Sportsnet or over on uh, Ivaca TV, Ivaca.tv slash DNVR, or if you're following us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. And so you say, well, I got to get a good night's rest on Friday night. Well, Friday night they also have a game at seven forty, so mm-hmm. it's it's going to be one of those weeks when they're on the West Coast. It's only an hour difference, and yet it it feels like a lot. Doesn't it? it feels like a world away, but you know, we're going to be live tweeting all of this. We'll be live tweeting tonight, all of our insight, all of the things that we think and feel all of it. We're yeah. Okay. So hope you guys are all joining us on Twitter and et cetera for all this. Yep. Follow me on Twitter at Patrick D Lyons. And you can follow me at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. This has been wonderful, but you know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you then.